Okay, welcome to episode 98 of the United Pubcast, where we'll be reviewing the 5-2 victory against Bournemouth at Old Trafford. And usually, obviously, my co-host Larry would be with me, but he's obviously recovering big time after seeing Anthony Martial curl that ball into the top corner. So Larry won't be with us this evening while he recovers. Thoughts go out to him. But I'm um, joined by Josh, who was at the pub with me last night. How are you, mate? Yeah, really well, thank you. Obviously, um very happy with recent results at the moment. It's a good time to be a United fan. It's going to be a very exciting end to the season, I feel. Well, very exciting. I, I don't know what was more exciting for me when walking into the pub last night. The fact of watching United and obviously United win the game, but obviously the sort of the buzz of actually going to a pub and grabbing a beer and bringing it back to the table to watch on the telly. Yeah, and it's been a long time, you know, since we've we've been able to have that experience and I know obviously the fund's a little bit organised at the moment in terms of the restrictions that are in place but they are for our own safety and you know I'm just thankful we can actually watch it as, as a supporters club and in back in the pub have a few drinks amazing yeah. yeah I think we did a pretty good job of in terms of everyone was did try to keep that sort of a little bit of social distancing and what were sort of pretty respectful of the rules which was good but uh, as you say hopefully we return to some type of normality soon but um United were obviously back with a bang and fantastic. I think what I'm looking forward to in regards to this chat is so far, you cast your mind back in previous seasons under Van Hal and Mourinho and you've really had to sort of dig for positives where in a game like this, we're going to be discussing five goals and four of the goals are arguably goal of the game. You could argue which one was your favourite and same with man of the match. Usually man of the match has just been, okay, David De Gea has been man of the match in the previous five seasons where now we could argue, we probably won't agree on the man of the match, there'll be that many sort of candidates. So um, we'll start off with team selection, obviously. So um, I don't know if the stats came out in terms of, it's the first time we've named three consecutive lineups in since, I think it was like 2008 or something. I'm not sure if that's accurate. Did you hear anything about that stat? Uh, yeah, I heard that, yeah. It was mentioned um, a couple of hours before the team well a couple of hours before the team was released but if we had the same team it would be I think three consecutive games and I think I think what was the most shocking if you are to read social media rumours was that Bruno and Pogba actually did start yeah well that was a weird one before the game because that did go viral and it did stem from sort of a bit of a you'd say not a reliable source but the way that gathered momentum and you could just see whoever did created the story knew exactly what they were doing because if you it, you just saw it, Pogba and Bruno colliding and United fans would just click, what the hell has happened here? And um, they obviously got what they wanted from the story in terms of the clicks. But um, yeah, it did send a little bit of nerves before kickoff. But um, in terms of the team selection, obviously Oli going full strength. Just your opinion, because in the last couple of games, I've sort of said, I understand going full strength and I fully back Solskjaer for doing it. But I've always said, maybe give Bruno a rest, maybe give Pogba a rest, ease Rashford in, etc., just your thoughts on Solskjaer continually going full strength. Do you think he should maybe start to drop one, or not drop one or two players, but maybe rest one or two players? Or do you think it's almost a real sprint to the finish now? For once, I'm not going to sit on the fence and I'm actually going to back Solskjaer's decision. I think he, I think he needs to. I think we've got an opportunity now in terms of the games we've got in the Premier League to really push on and cement you know, the top four. I know everyone's saying we can get the fourth spot, but I think, you know, realistically, we could be even getting third. And if you look at how the tournaments are positioned, it's not like a normal season. Yeah. You're going to be playing Europa League after the Premier League's finished. The FA Cup is sort of stagnated. So really, if you do secure that third spot, I know you want to win as many trophies as possible, but you'd probably go on and rest your team and give them a summer break, wouldn't you? So I say, yeah, back, back 
you know, your strongest team. And then when you've cemented that position, maybe give them a rest. I don't think there's been any warranty to say that they need a rest at the moment. So I'm all for it. Yeah, well, they definitely look fit. And you make a good point there in regards to there's really the only hurdle in there in terms of a fixture pile-up is the Chelsea semi-final. Other than that, there's no other games. Europe League's after the season. A potential FA Cup final will be after the season. So it is, as I said, almost a sprint to the finish um, if you take away that Chelsea semi-final. But um, obviously, before we get on to all the positives and all the um, fantastic goals, we'll um, try and skip over as quick, quick as we can the two negatives from the game, and um, we'll start with the first one. Uh, where do you want to start, Harry Maguire or David Dyer? Well, let's go with Harry Maguire first, because that was the, the build-up to it. Yeah, well, look, we're watching the game together at the pub, and you can't defend, you can't sort of defend the sort of indefensible. He got nutmegged on the goal line. And it's a sort of horrible thing. Just thank God it didn't lead to sort of a defeat because otherwise, could you imagine the sort of the headlines in terms of his price tag and everything? And it's a fantastic bit of skill. And Harry Maguire definitely 100% needs to do better. It's, it's a very poor bit of defending. However, I flip it and think if that's at the other end of the field and that's Anthony Martial on Tyrone Mings or someone, we're going to be sitting here praising the bit of skill, saying what a fantastic bit of skill. Martial's absolutely roasted him. We're not talking about the bad defending. So I'm just thinking, where do you sit on it in terms of, was it completely Harry Maguire's fault? Or did you think you, sometimes you could just put your hands up and say, there's a little bit of uh, sort of fine bit of skill on the goal line by the, I think it was Stanilas for Bournemouth? Well, my opinion on this has changed probably about six times today. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. If, if that's Anthony Martial, everyone's going to be like, goal of the season... And I think you just need to appreciate it for what it is. He's not meant, he's not meant a world-class defender. And he scored a brilliant goal, beating De Gea in his near post. Martial did something you know similar when he scored that goal from like a chipped angle. Obviously, it was closer range for Stanislas. I think on reflection, I was defending De Gea last night. And I think you've got to ask him a, a few questions as well. He is beating on his near post. I know it's going at a lot of power. But he's, he's still beating on his near post. He's, he didn't really react to it amazingly I don't know if that's a bit unfair but as I said my opinion on this has changed probably about three or four times today yeah well just my last point on Maguire there I think he's a little look it's a mistake however he's a little bit hard done by because I think when he's closing the ball down he's got it in his mind not to be nutmeg so you can see him going really short steps keeping his legs together and it just it's, it's one of those things when you're trying not to make something not happen it's going to happen so he's tried to close his legs but the timing of the nutmeg has just worked to perfection for the attacker but in regards to De Gea's positioning, it's one of those things. So many, a lot of goals now are scored at the near post, whether they're goalkeeping errors or strikers are taking advantage of what they think a goalkeeper will do. You just have to look at Mason Greenwood and how he finishes the ball now. I mean, I love to be a fly on the wall and what Roy Keane's um, television oh. or whatever he was watching. Yeah, but he was throwing laptops everywhere, throwing like. <laughs> Especially those to two, Maguire and De Gea together. Yeah, Roy Keane um, definitely wouldn't have taken kindly to that. But, um, well, thankfully, it was on BT Sport, not Sky Sports back home. So yeah. I think he was saved there. Whoever was in the studio, whoever would have been in the studio with him, was saved there. I think there was a good you know, reaction. <laughs> there was a good reaction. Rio Ferdinand was the one watching. And um, they had yeah. a good little clip of Rio Ferdinand's reactions to all the moments, like to all Greenwood's goals and everything. But he also had the reaction to Maguire and De Gea, which um, was a quite funny one. I'm sure a lot of people have seen that on Twitter. But moving on to another, which probably trumps this one, the Eric Bailly one. How long was he on the pitch for? Was it... A minute? Two minutes? Must have been about two minutes. I think it was they scored in the 47th, 48th minute, so it can't have been long. Well, what did you make of it? Do you think it was just 
it was just unfortunate that it was just, you just got caught in two minds and it was a freak mistake? Or do you think that's something we almost have to accept with Eric Bay saying this is going to be a regular, not a regular occurrence, but it's almost the price you're going to have to pay for Eric Bay? Well, I don't think it was a penalty. I, think, I thought it hit his chest. Yeah, well, having, well, said, that, that, having said that, yeah, that's a hard one in regards to yeah, was it inside? Was it outside? Was it shoulder? Was it chest? Was it arm? Yeah, but, but still, it's the action of potentially yeah. doing something stupid. I think you know a really a really intelligent defender. You can't really you have to just probably let that go out. Yeah, let that go and play. Take the corners. It, I mean, yeah, we'd be groaning and be like, oh, we're just giving away a stupid corner. But at the end of the day, he's, he's taking a risk there, and with VAR now. You're yeah. going to get caught out or exposed. And obviously, VAR gave it in their favour and they've, they've got the penalty. I just think you've got to be a bit more intelligent in positions like that, um, you know, and not be stupid. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like when you, it's like when you're in a box and you, or you're in a wall for a free kick and you keep your hands you yeah. know, behind your back or by your sides. You've just got to be a little bit more intelligent. No, I agree uh, 100% there. Um, we'll move on to the positives then. We did well to get um, skip over those two negatives. But obviously it was 5-2. We did trump those two goals. And I think there's no probably better place to start than obviously Mason Greenwood. Um, we'll start with his first goal. I, before actually the goal in terms of an individual, I think from a team point of view, we were discussing last night, it was almost good. You obviously don't want to go 1-0 down. But when we did go 1-0 down, you look under Mourinho, the team would have crumbled. But there did seem a confidence. Okay, we're 1-0 down. Okay, we'll go and win the game now. And um, I think that was almost, it was very refreshing to see that confidence from, both from Solskjaer and the, and the players. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think any other season, you go 1-0 down no matter... I mean, fortunately, it was 16 minutes into the game, but no matter you know, when it was, I think we'd struggle under Mourinho, Moyes, Van Gaal to, to probably get a, you know, a win. Maybe not a draw, but maybe get a win out of the game. Do you think and It having... just shows how far we've come, really, in terms of you know, desire, um, ambition, enthusiasm, just to literally grind. And you've got you know, key players that you know, can drive that enthusiasm. Do you think having no Old Trafford crowd there to sort of add to the moans after going one 0 down? Do you think that sort of helped United not having to deal with that? Or yeah, and I said that to you off um, after recording last night that I think for us having no crowd is better. We really crumble under the you know yeah. a tough away crowd. You look at us against Sheffield United this year. Um, you know, tough, intense atmos- atmospheres. We really do struggle, and at home as well. A lot of the fans at Old Trafford, I wouldn't say are fickle, but it's very easy just if we're not, you know, attacking for 10 minutes, you hear the attack, attack, attack. It must be quite obviously condescending on the players and I don't think they, re- they react well to that pressure. Yeah, well, two players who do um, deal very well with pressure, or by the looks of it, they do. Obviously, Bruno and Mason Greenwood, and Bruno did get the assist. And my main takeaway from this first goal from Greenwood obviously fantastic finish keeper maybe could do a little bit better but Greenwood has hit it with so much power definitely deserved a goal but it's in the build up he comes towards the ball he sees Bruno gets it and his initial reaction is to go and sort of make himself available for the pass of Bruno so he comes towards the ball but as the defender I think the right back is with him commits as well Greenwood recognises the commitment from the defender and then just checks back back sort of outside just takes two or three steps back opens up that space the ball gets played from Bruno past the defender and he just takes that touch around him. And it's one of those ones where you do it training. You, you check off a cone, like you're waiting for a pass and you sort of you make a little dart to pretend there's a defender there. Then you go around the other side. And it's something you do sort of every drill at training. 
be it, it, it's very hard to replicate during a game. In a game, you don't really think about that. You're just worried about the ball and everything. But for Greenwood to show that intelligence in the middle of a game at his age, I think it's the the goal was an extremely underrated goal. I think if you look back, it's um, almost perfection from what Mason Greenwood did. Yeah, and I think what Greenwood's really good at is those snapshots. I never really felt as confident as I am in a player like Greenwood when he takes those type of shots. And if you look at past efforts, he doesn't really sky into Rosette. It's always going to be like near enough on target or, you know, testing the keeper. He's really, really good at them. Well, I saw a stat, and I, again, I do not know how accurate these stats are or to be honest what they even mean, but it was in regards to all these XG, so expected goals and everything. And the stat had players, like, I think Harland Harland was second, but Mason Greenwood was sort of statistically the most clinical striker in European football this season. Yeah, and he's been really unlucky not to not to score more. I mean, the chance at Spurs right at the end, I think he had a few against um, Sheffield United. Yeah, you know, he, he could have had a few more, to be fair. You know, he's really... He's probably one of the first names on the team sheet, really. Well, I mean, I, I, I said when we played Spurs that he maybe should have started. Well, he's one of those ones now. You look at... We see Mason Greenwood as this as young kid coming through and he has all his potential. He will come on to be this world star. But if you sort of peel it all back at the moment, if you can just look at what sort of he's producing on the field... OK, you've got Pogba and Bruno, who are obviously quality footballers. But other than that... You'd almost, I, I wouldn't make this case, but you could almost make a case saying Greenwood's our best player. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a very intelligent player as well. Like he knows, he's so easy when he's, when he's on his right foot to cut onto his left. He, I've never seen anyone do it so quick. And you know with ease as well, he's, he's a brilliant player, real, real talent. Yeah, well, just there where you mentioned his intelligence, I urge everyone to go back and watch. I'm sure everyone is going and watching the highlights. Um, obviously, it's the thing to do when you score five goals. But go and watch that first goal where Mason Greenwood comes towards Bruno. The defender commits, and then he just backs off to create the space. It's fantastic. Now, a goal that probably gets sort of will be replayed more is obviously his second goal in the second half, where he gets the ball and he's one on one with the defender with nothing on. It's really he should be finding a pass out to the right, or he should be looking to link up with someone. But he just takes a long route around and just takes the defender for a sort of hot dog and just, again, one was on his left foot and this one's on his right foot into the opposite top corner. Yeah, I think that was the better the, the better of the goals. The first goal was going back to it really quickly. It reminds me of um, the first goal scored against United by that Spurs player and the Hayward's getting a lot of stick in it. You think maybe the keeper should have saved the first one, but the second one was just really clever football. Really clever finish as well. And it's someone playing with confidence as well. You sort of just back him to score now, every game. Well, that's the thing. He's got the ball, and he's what I'd say twenty-five yards from goal, a little bit outside the box, and he's standing one-on-one with the defender. But there's something in the back of your mind. We're thinking he can score here, and five, yeah. five seconds later, the ball's in the top corner. Exactly, and there's a case obviously with Sancho allegedly agreeing terms with United through various like sources. There's a strong case, you know, that you know you'd stick with Greenwood. Yeah, well, me and Larry discussed that on the last podcast in regards to a very similar situation in terms of Jadon Sancho being the same sort of player but leaving Man City. You think, well, if someone is, if a big name is to come in, you wonder what's going to happen to Greenwood. You don't want Greenwood to be that player to go to Dortmund or Barcelona, and we want to buy him back for two hundred million in five years. So um, it's definitely a weird one. But um, on to Anthony Martial's goal because maybe the pick of the bunch, I think. Um, Larry was obviously very excited when it happened from judging by Twitter and Facebook but um, before the actual goal the indiv- obviously fantastic strike 
if you, I watched the replay a little bit earlier, and the goal started from De Gea playing out from the back. We played sort of six, seven passes out, out of the back through midfield, through Pogba, Bruno, Matic, and out to Martial on the left wing. And it's almost sort of textbook Anthony Martial when he gets the ball in that position. Yeah, and, and usually United are the passing. The, the goal came very close to the half-time. Um, you just sort of just wait for the whistle to go and just consolidate what you've got. But, you know, the, the desire to, you know... Get another goal. I remember speaking to you saying, you know, we could ideally have, you know, could ideally need, you know, a two-goal cushion going into the break, and it was a really, really clever finish. A real classy Martial typical goal, finessed it into the top right corner. It was a brilliant finish. Yeah, no, one hundred. And I was just like, I, I remember when it went in. I thought Larry is going to be absolutely unbearable. Yeah, yeah. Now thoughts with Larry. I'm still recovering, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast. But I saw a tweet. Um, Andy Mitten put out and it said it's the first time two Man United players in regards to Rashford and Martial have scored 20 goals in a season for the first time since 2011 and I'm just think, in regards to that point I'm just thinking in terms of Solskjaer do you think that justifies his decision I, I personally agree with this but in your opinion do you think that he's justified in letting Lukaku go now in regards to he's so heavily criticised at the start of the season of getting rid of Lukaku's goals because Rashford and Martial they're not players who are going to score... Like the, in terms of previous evidence we had, they weren't players who were going to go and score 20 goals a season. But sort of Solskjaer, Solskjaer put that trust in, in those two and it's obviously it's paid dividends or looks like it is paying dividends. Yeah, and obviously Lukaku's doing, doing well in Italy, probably more so in a league that's more suited to him. Um, and I think if you look at the style of football we played this year, yeah, we had a, quite a poor start to the season probably up until December, but the football we were playing was, you know, much better. And it's not just going to be Martial and Rashford on 20 goals. I, I back Greenwood to get to that. Yeah, well, what's it? Is he on 14 or 15 goals, I think? Yeah. So, I think he's on 15 goals now. And if you, if you have Greenwood getting close to that numbers, you've got an attacking force. It's, it's all going to be on 20-plus goals this season. Bearing in mind, Greenwood's probably only would have started, let's say if it's the end of the season, 10 games out of 38 yeah it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal start and you know you can compare it to Liverpool's front three really yeah well they've scored more than our front three or yeah. in regards to those individuals and I think they just have, in regards to look it would be a very tough ask for um, Greenwood hit 20 goals but you never know say he does score 5 goals in the remainder of the season I think in regards to that tweet Andy Mitten put out in terms of two players scoring 20 I think the last time I think Samuel Luckhurst put the tweet out in regards to the last time three players scored 20 was sort of Dennis Law and Brian Kidd back in the 60s. So, um, yeah. uh, unbelievable stuff. Uh, fingers crossed he does put, it. Put it this way, that, that won't be his last goal yesterday. No. He, there'll be more to come this season. Well, as you say, he might be first name on the team sheet. I think he's probably a little bit um, ahead of Rashford at the moment. But speaking of Rashford, um, thank God he scored the goal. He obviously got a penalty. What were, your, what were you thinking when we obviously got the penalty? I think everyone just assumed it was going to be Bruno, maybe Pulper, but most likely Bruno stepping up. It was a bit of a weird one to see Rashford take the ball. I might get a lot of grief for saying this, but I think that was probably more, uh, probably a pressure penalty. For, I think I think he probably would have felt more nervous taking that penalty than he would have done against PSG, just in terms of the form he's been on at the moment, that what's been written about him. Um, even though personally, I think he's contributed phenomenally since coming uh, back. He, you know, he's had a really bad back injury, and he's come come and taken a penalty like that. Where he did, he sort of had the Ronaldo stutter where he shimmered, mm. so. Sort of, got a little edge from where the keeper's going but it was a really clever finish he placed it perfectly into the corner 
I was just in, just in regards to nerves, what you just said there, I, I completely agree. I was just so nervous for him. If it was Bruno or Pogba and they missed, you thought, oh, okay, that happens, good players miss penalties. But it's sometimes, just in the back of your mind, it's a little bit different with Rashford, maybe in terms of his confidence and just sort of, as you say, what's going to be written about him. You remember back at the start of the season, the, the penalty dramas we had, and Rashford was obviously central to that. And um, it was just so pleasing. As I, say, I don't think Rashford's been great since he's come back, but I think we do need to apply some context and say, well, he's not just coming out of lockdown, he's coming off a broken back and lockdown. So I think we do need to afford Rashford maybe a little bit more patience. But um, yeah. I was very glad to see and him. And you judge a striker on goals, obviously, and obviously he's not—you know—he's not scored as many goals as we'd like. But personally, I thought, sort of, in, in terms of the key moments yesterday, I mean, he, he played a pass to Bruno very early on before that goal, yeah. and Bruno uh, chipped over the keeper and just went went over over the net. Um, but yeah, I think he's contributed. I mean, he had two assists against uh, Sheffield United. I think he's doing well, Rashford, and I think the goals, you know, will come. It's not anything to be worried about. Yeah, no, definitely. I remember that pass to Bruno. Bruno should have uh, maybe done a little bit better. But speaking of um, Bruno Fernandes, um, sort of a goal comes with a ticket these days. Well, obviously, if no fans are in the ground. But um, Bruno just finds the net every time he steps on the pitch, the free kick. Um, obviously, Rashford was over the ball. Paul Pogba was over the ball. But I think Bruno, he's come in and he's made that his own. He's almost the main man in terms of set pieces now. And um, yeah. it's a fantastic free kick. Cause it's, one of, it's such a difficult free kick to go across the wall onto the keeper's side but he just has that ability just he almost gave the keeper the eyes and just the timing of he knows when the goalkeeper is going to take that step to try and cheat to go behind the wall and um yeah a fantastic not many, not many players can get get it up and over from from 20 yards i think so if you look at some of the plays in the past ronaldo wasn't one of those players that could do it for us we used to rely on hargreaves yeah um in 07 08 gigs was all right at it as well one matter more recently um so yeah it's a brilliant free kick yeah, it, it's a really hard position there. As you say, it's all, it, it looks quite easy because it's so close. But in regards to the distance, it is actually very difficult. And you'd say the one player in the team is probably most suited. He's probably one matter. But um, Bruno's just, he just seems lethal from it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, as I said, it was a brilliant finish. And another one which went to VAR. I felt like every goal oh, was there yeah. went to VAR. Yeah, it did seem like that. And I still don't know what they were checking. Were they checking offside or do we have a clear understanding of what the rule is in regards to attackers being close to a wall or joined to a wall. We'll discuss... Well, it like Matic's heel was offside, but I don't think he was, you know, influencing play at yeah. all. Because he did look like it was a little bit over the line. So I, I don't know why... He, I thought it might have been disallowed. I think a few people around us thought it was going to get disallowed. But, you know, they played it. Yeah, and no, I definitely deserved a goal. It would be horrible to be um, for that one to be ruled out. But um, probably an interesting part of the podcast now, because I'm not sure which way this is going to go, um, the 3-2-1s. Because I'm not sure, because obviously when we watch the match at the pub, it's a little bit different. You're always chatting, this sort of back and forth from the bar. You, you sort of don't have a clean grasp of exactly what's happening in terms of performance on the pitch. You just sort of, you just get a feel for the actual, like the key moments. Um, yeah. Who's the one that stands out for you? Is it Mason Greenwood for three points? Yeah, I think it's actually an easy easy one for three, really. I think Mason Greenwood, in terms of quality um, and composure, I think they were two really classy finishes. Um, and he's, it just really shows how key he's been to the, to the squad at the moment. I think that's an easy three for me. Uh, who are you thinking for two? Because, again, I I'm not sure which way. I think that you could argue four or five players could be in with a shout. For two, I'm thinking... Uh, maybe Bruno Bruno Pogba I thought it could be a toss of the coin between those two who are you going for 
I would have stopped, I would have gone for Bruno. I think Bruno got the club's um, club pages official man of the match yesterday. Oh, did he? Um, okay. Yeah, but I think in terms of just intelligence, um, key moments in the game, I think Bruno is definitely a strong shout for number two. Um, and as the guest on this week's podcast, um, I'll let you finish it off and go for one point because again, I, I could argue a, f- a few players, but who would you like to give the one point to? I mean, it's difficult because I didn't think anyone really had like an outstanding game besides Martial. Sorry, besides Greenwood and um, and uh, Bruno. Sorry, I think yeah, maybe um, I think Rashford had a decent game. I'd go probably go for Martial for that finish. Yeah, well, the finish. Yeah, he hasn't scored. Yeah, he hasn't scored in a few games, and well, he hasn't scored in one game. Sorry, or two games, but yeah, Martial. Yeah, no, I think Martial's fair, and I think he is performing well because he is almost that designated or the sort of old school now or relied upon as the old school number nine now. Solskjaer really does sort of rely on him to be that focal point, and um, he's always had the attributes to his game, but he seems like he is trying to work on it and add little bits to his game. He's not just about the goals now. Um, he's which is always he's always been a sort of very sort of team player. Like he's fantastic to watch on the ball when he starts dribbling. He might he might look quite selfish, but he is a player who can pick a pass and he is sort of always looking for like the best option. So um, I think Martial is performing quite well up front. So they're the three two ones for this week. We've got Greenwood. Bruno is climbing the ranks. If he has a strong start, finish to this season, he could catch the guys at the top. And obviously Martial for one point. Now we'll just go. Quick. I saw, just going just going back to yeah. that. So a really interesting comment today um, about Pogba, and I don't think Pogba's been any different to what he's usually been for us. I don't think he's been more world class with Fernandez. I just think the fact that that Fernandez has taken the limelight off him, it's just it allowed him to play with such composure, and he's just doing the simple stuff really effectively. So I don't think there's any, anything much of a major changing problem. I think it's just the spotlight's been taken away from him, which has allowed him and allowed us to allow him to play with freedom. Yeah, I think, so not, I think you know, we're not criticising him. On that point, I think it's exactly that. I think it's almost like a, a lightening of the load. He, does, he doesn't have to go and do too much. So he can sort of pick and choose his moments. When he wants to hit that 60-yard pass, he can choose that two or three times. Now where now he's got Bruno to be able to share the load there. He... Pogba doesn't have to try it 10 times and sort of give the ball away eight times. So I think um, it's just been a real pleasant um, combination. I think Matic is key to that. But um, I think, yeah, Bruno and Pogba, they just sort of... It's almost, I think you could wonder, oh, how can they play together so well after hardly training with each other? But I don't think it's a case of having to work at stuff like that on the training ground. I think it is almost just a case of two very good footballers will work out how to play together. And I think they just complement each other perfectly. I've seen a lot of negative comments about Matic recently and I just don't, I don't really get it. I don't understand how people can't see the quality he's brought, especially the second half of the season. He just does the simple thing so effectively. I, th- so I think he's almost, I think he's I almost think he's been the key. Parts of the squad. Yeah, I think yeah. he's been the key for Pogba and Bruno. As I said, it just allow that, so they, Matic allows for that risk taking by the better players and um, because Matic sort of obviously sort of hardly ever does make a mistake with the ball. So when you have that player who sort of hits nine times out of ten the correct pass, you, you sort of enable those attacking players a little bit further forward on the pitch to maybe instead of making nine out of ten passes, allow them to make five or six out of ten passes. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely don't agree with any criticism of Matic at the moment. But I think it's definitely an area we can look at in terms of if a midfielder does pop up um, in the transfer market because, unfortunately, I think um, a player who I've rated so highly for many years 
looks so unfortunately like he's going to go to Liverpool. Thiago from Bayern Munich. Um, he looks yeah. very likely to go to Liverpool and I have to hold my hands up there. Usually sort of, I hate all the players who go to Liverpool, but um, unfortunately I do like Thiago. Yeah, it looks like that, that deal's um, just about to go over the line. Yeah, so enough think, about that. But um, yeah, going soft by the scousers. Yeah, yeah, enough about that. Uh, on the Facebook comments, so George left a comment on Facebook saying, "Nice to see us come from behind to get the win for the first time since our four-one win against Newcastle, and for only the second time this season." Um, Robert, loyal listener of the podcast, who um, came to the pub last night, which was good to meet up with him and have a beer. Um, some beautiful goals today, and most importantly, the three points. Mason, uh, what a rising star he is. I thought the whole attack was really good today. I still feel nervous with our centre-backs. Too hard to pick a man of the match today. Well, we touched on Maguire um, a little bit earlier, but just in regards, I thought Lindelof, and I'm not saying Lindelof had this world-class display at the back, but I think since he's come back, Lindelof, or since football's come back, Lindelof's gone about his business quite well, and you see Eric Pei come on for two minutes and suddenly shit hits the fan. I think maybe Lindelof, maybe I've been a little bit harsh on him in the past, but... I think he deserves a little bit of credit for his current form. Yeah, I think Lindelof's been pretty decent since we've uh, come back from the break. I think if we were to strengthen in areas, I do think we need... Yeah. We probably do need another centre-back, and I think we probably need a holding midfielder as well. And um, also the last comment was Adam from the Supporters Club saying, Greenwood, um, this 18-year-old, is a megastar. Quality control of the game from Matic, Pogba and Bruno. Front tree all scoring. Is that the first time since Rooney, Ronaldo and Tevez... I don't know, it's hard. If we were, a front three have scored in the same game, I'm not quite sure. It very well could be Rooney, Ronaldo, Tevez. Maybe there's a bit of a difference. Maybe when Berbatov came in, there was the same, but whether there was a front two or a front three, but it definitely very well could be true. But, um, I, don't want to, uh, I don't want to jinx it, but you know, if that front three, it could be very, very dangerous. I'm really excited by it. Really, really excited by it. Yeah, well, I think it's going to get there. I've seen like, one of those couple of memes popping around Twitter at the moment is something like in regards to Triple M, Mason, Marcus and Martial. Always yeah. when, you get, when you have these front threes, they sort of get given an acronym like that. So, um, But if you add Sancho to the mix, who knows what happens with that. But um, we'll just have, before we finish on the um, finish this week's podcast, we'll have a look at the Premier League in general because results are sort of falling United's way. Um, we obviously always like to see Arsenal lose. However, Arsenal did do us quite a favour by taking some points off Wolves. Yeah, and I don't think many saw that happening. And honestly, you know, Wolves have been phenomenal. Um, they really have. I think, um, and I said this to you last night, if they, if they weren't in Europa League, I think they'd be probably a lot higher on the table. I think they'd probably take the place of someone like Leicester in that they'd be definitely a strong contender for top four. You look at the games United have got remaining as well. We've got Crystal Palace, Aston Villa. Um, I can't remember who the other one is. We've got Crystal Palace, Aston Villa. And these are games which we've dropped points. Um, yeah. You know, we dropped points in the reverse fixture. Yeah, well, we lost to so Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's games that we really need to be need to be winning. I know West Ham was another one. We lost two 0 to them. So you know, they're the games we should be winning, but they're, they're somehow or sometimes should I say. They'll be the hardest games to win. Yeah, definitely. Well, Chelsea um, obviously got the win against Watford, but I'm just looking at the table here. And um, obviously everyone has now played 33 games and we're two points off Chelsea, but only three behind Leicester. And we've um, yeah. obviously opened a three-point gap on Wolves. 
But I think I think you're the one who mentioned it to me last night at the pub. Was we obviously play Leicester on the final day, but is also Chelsea against Wolves on the final day? Yeah, I mean the last the last game the last day of the season could be. Real. I don't think you've ever seen it where you know the top two obviously the, the, the league leaders have been decided and there's nothing to play for. But I think there's everything to play for on the last day in terms of mid table and sorry the bottom half of the table and the top four. I mean, you've got like a grand slam of games in the sense that Chelsea are playing um, Wolverhampton, we're playing Leicester. You know, if we win that, it could be a case of, you know, it's not decided by then. Yeah, definitely. Could go down to the last day. Yeah, no, who needs a title race? Um, top four race is where it's at. That's where the excitement is. And I think that is a good space to lead this week's podcast. It's good to have a real positive chat today. I don't, okay, there was a few negatives in terms of Harry Maguire and Eric Bay. But other than that, discussing five really good goals, five five or six really good performances. Um, yeah. Been f- I mean, George, George and Robert summed up in the comments. I, I think, you know, you look at this game last year or a couple of couple of months ago, you're probably losing it if you go 1-0 down that early on. It's probably going to be a long slog. They go ultra-defensive and, you know, we struggle to break down the attack. But, you know, the quality is there. We've got strong individual players. I don't think it was ever in doubt that we were going to win that game, really. Yeah, well, not only that, in terms of scoring five goals, you could imagine going 1-0 down under Mourinho or Van Hal in that situation. You'd struggle to see us creating five chances, let alone scoring five goals. Yeah, So um, exactly. It is good. So football's back. The pubs are back open. Hopefully all our listeners in England are keeping safe with their pubs opening. I've seen a lot of big crowds in England. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But um, everyone in Sydney um, or at the Supporters Club last night was um, it was good. There was a capacity. I think there was like fourteen or fifteen allowed in the room we were in, which was quite good. But um, everyone was able to have a chat and a beer together, which was good, and obviously makes the night a little bit easier when United sort of um, put five goals in the back of the net. So I think the next game Sydney time is Villa on Friday morning our time. Is that correct? Yeah. So Friday morning, I think it might be. A five PM kickoff back home, so I don't know how early the game's going to be. Yeah, I, I, I think o'clock. the the latest batch of kickoff times was released yesterday, and there is um yeah there is nothing friendly about it for Sydney siders. So unfortunately, unless we make a cup final or something, FA Cup final or Europa League final, not sure how many more matches we will actually have at the pub. But fingers crossed, we can make one of those and have a big night. Um, other than that, um, Josh, thanks for coming on and replacing Larry as he recovers from Martial's finish. Yeah, I don't think you'll be seeing Larry for some time. Yeah, no. Nah, Thoughts um, and wishes are with him. No, nah, completely agree. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this and hopefully you have a good week. Um, make sure you sort of follow all the social medias and make sure you still stay subscribed on whatever podcast app you listen to. This is um, number 98, so getting very close to episode 100. We'll think of something special we can do or it'll most likely just be reviewing a game, but we'll do our best to maybe get a guest on, but we'll see. Other than that, hopefully everyone has a good week and we'll chat to you on Friday after the Villa game. Cheers.